This is the third session of our, of our series 10. It's a pretty awesome series. We've been studying the Ten Commandments. This might be new for a lot of you guys. Uh, I know it was kind of for me. Like, I never really considered it this way. But the Ten Commandments were given to us as a confirmation of our relationship. They weren't a condition. They weren't a condition saying, you have to do these. If you do these, then you'll be a believer, right? Saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, if you want to write that down. It's up to you guys. But we're given these as a confirmation. In the same way, we don't become a Christian by, by doing every rule right, by the law of Moses. So like, that's the Ten Commandments. That's the other 483 laws in the Old Testament that you're supposed to follow. It's none of that. But it's by trusting in what God has already done for us through the death and resurrection of Christ. And then God says, because you are mine, because I love you, because I care for you, I'm going to give you these commandments. I'm going to give you these guidelines to help you in your life. And these, these aren't things to like keep you roped back. You know, Christians aren't allowed to have fun. Uh-uh, nope. We're not allowed to do that stuff. That's not what they're for. They're, they're helpful life tips for us. You know, he cares about us. So that's where we have to look at it. So tonight we're going to look at the fourth commandment. Some of you guys might not know what it is, and, and this is less of a well-known commandment. It's one that you, you, won't really feel, you won't really feel guilty breaking. I mean, if you, if you murder someone, hopefully you feel guilty. Hopefully. If you steal, um, if you don't feel guilty, you will after your mom is done spanking you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time I kind of stole a Reese's when I was really young. I didn't know it was bad. My mom freaked out on me, and it wasn't good news. I never stole again. Um, but that's beside the point. But this one is one that you don't really find too much. It's not talked about. It's the Sabbath. Here's, here's a commandment. God says, thou shalt take a day off. God, if you want me to take a day off, heck, I'll take a week off. If you want me to, I can do that, right? So you don't really feel guilty if you break this one. Some of you guys are like, man, I'm way too busy. I mean, I know the Israelites, the Israelites might have a different culture. They had a different lifestyle than us. And I'm super busy with sports and with, with grades and all this stuff. I can't do that. I can't take a day off. Um, but why is it such a big deal to him? Why is it the fourth commandment? I mean, it's not just like the last one listed. It's, it's the fourth one. It's, it's near the top of the list. Turn to Exodus 20 with me. Exodus chapter 20 is where we're going to be at again tonight. We're going to look at verses 8 and 9. They say this, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, you shall not do any work. So the word Sabbath, backing up a little bit, the word Sabbath means rest or no work, okay? So we got that cleared up. Now at this point, again, you might hear this and just be like, man, I'm, I think I'm just kind of too busy. But, but the culture of the Israelites, they actually had it way worse than us. They were slaves of Egypt at this point. They had just gotten out of slavery, excuse me. So in this slavery, from sun, sunrise to sunset, they were working like the whole time. To them, working was surviving. If you wanted to eat, you had to work. So they had a very, very strong work ethic. So for God to tell them to take a 24-hour period and not work and not do anything, it was like in, insensitive. Like he is, he is just so insensitive. It's unrealistic to them to, to do this, to not work. Okay, so it was a lot, diff- lot more difficult for them than you might realize. Um, so when the Israelites left Egypt, they, they numbered one to two million people. 
It's kind of a broad gap, I know, but it's one to two million people. But when you do the math, uh, each average human probably eats, I don't know this for sure, but I would assume two, three, four pounds of food a day, right? So the Israelites, maybe more, maybe, maybe less, I don't know. So, but on average, the Israelites are going through like two, three, four million pounds of food a day. So yeah, it's safe to say they ran out of food pretty quickly. So for them, they began to complain. They began to like, God, we're running out of food. You brought us out of Egypt. We want to go back. I mean, it was slavery. It was terrible, but at least we had food. At least we could feed our families. At least we had shelter. That sort of thing. Instead of tents out in the middle of a desert. Um, so they started complaining to God. And then one morning they come out of the tents and there's these little white, like crusty cloud-like things on the ground. And one of them is so hungry. Maybe you guys know somebody like this that they just eat stuff. Um, they don't know what it is, so they put it in their mouth. Safe, right? No. <laughs> so one of them puts it in his mouth and he starts eating it and he's like, man, this is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's food. So they found out that God is providing food for them. And they called it manna. And they, had to, they survived on this for the next 40 years. And manna, it's not like they're eating one thing for 40 years. Manna was, was kind of like a, a sugary thing. So you could make cakes with it. You could make different types of bread and other things with it. So it was actually a, I mean, it was a pretty big blessing for them uh, to have this. So from this day out, every morning, except for one, which is the Sabbath morning, they could, they could go out and they could collect this. They collect their, their proportions for the day, whatever they needed. So essentially, God told Moses this. He said, look, I want you to tell the people that I'm going to provide for them. I'm going to provide for them every single day. I want them to trust me. I want you to trust me. He said, tell them, tell them try not to store up very much food, so only, only have them take enough for that day. I don't want them to take Monday's food and take enough for Tuesday's. Well, I don't want them to take them Tuesday for Wednesday. Just Tuesday for Tuesday, Wednesday for Wednesday, Thursday for Thursday, that sort of thing. Don't take too much. And, and the ones who thought that God might cut off their food supply, they didn't really trust God, they woke up the next morning and that food would have, that manna would have worms and mold and nasty stuff on it. So I mean, in just a day, it was just the power of God that it would be moldy and disgusting and unedible. But when they go outside their tent, there's more. So God provided for them every day. He could be trusted every day to provide. Write that down. He could be trusted every day to provide. So Exodus 16, 26, you guys, you can turn there if you want, otherwise I'll just read it to you. It's kind of, this is explaining what I just said. It says this, six days you are to gather the manna, but on the seventh day there will not be any. Moses also says a little bit later, uh, bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where he is on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. So basically, God gave them a weekly reminder. It's a visual illustration. It's the Sabbath. The point was, I want you to to be dependent on me. The point of the Sabbath was God saying, lean on me. Okay, trust me. I will provide for you. Exodus 20.10. This is, listen to how like extreme this commandment was, okay? On the Sabbath, you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or your maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. And no, an alien in in the biblical times was not a UFO, alien dude, whatever. Um, But it, it was a foreigner, okay? So they don't, God's saying, I mean, absolutely nobody 
no thing, I don't want them to work. So obviously this mattered to God, if he's saying that, right? More than anything, this, this law felt like an inconvenience. As I said earlier, the, the Israelites, working was living to them. They had a very strong work ethic, so it was, it was hard for them to do this. So what the Israelites started doing, they kind of fudged this commandment. They kind of melted it down on the edges. I'm sure you guys never do that, right? I mean, I know when I was in high school, if the teacher, my math teacher would tell me uh, we have like 30 questions for math to do, but the next day we're going to go over it in class, and then we'll hand in our assignment. So I would be like, I'd do it, and the next day I'd show up to class and be like, oh, shoot, those 10, I, I just couldn't figure them out. I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. Could you help me with them? And she'd do them, and then I'd hand it in and get an A+, right? I'm sure you guys have never done that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you guys are just like, what? Staring at me. Um, so they learned that God could be trusted when they chose to rest. When they chose to rest, God kept providing manna for them day after day after day, and he kept, he kept them safe. He provided for them in everything they did. So the day of rest, the Sabbath, is a day of remembrance. That's, that was one of the big things. It was a day of remembrance, remembering what God did for them, how he provided for them, how he brought them up out of Egypt. It was a period of time when the nation of Israel had to remember a, a constant physical trust, a physical trust in God as their provider. It was taking the time to remember that they, they stopped working, that there are a lot of things in this world that don't ultimately depend on them. A lot of it does depend on God. Yeah, you can work in your fields, but really God's going to be the, be the ultimate decider on whether or not you have a good harvest. I mean, he, he proved that over and over again in the Bible, right? God was saying this. He said, nation of Israel, I want you to be relying on me. One day, here's what's going to happen. One day, you're going to be a powerful nation. You're going to have powerful kings. You're going to have powerful armies. You're going to have money. You're going to have cities. You're going to be well-known and well-feared. And I don't want you to forget me. I don't want you to forget what I did for you and who provided for you all these years. So he said, I'm going, to build a, I'm going to build a day into your schedule where you can just take the day off. You just take the day off, and I want you to just, just remember what I did for you. You produce nothing. You work at nothing. You provide nothing. You just, you just remember me. You trust me. Ultimately, here's the issue. Write this down. Ultimately, here's the issue. Can you trust God? The day of Sabbath is a day of remembrance of God's provision. It's a day to trust God. Can you trust him? That is the point of the Sabbath. Some of us truly think that if we stopped, if we stopped um, shooting hoops for one day, or if we stopped practicing piano for a piano recital, if we stopped working, whatever it is, if we got off Twitter for a day, our life would just crash. Man, I am done for. I, I couldn't shoot my 50 hoops today. What am I going to do? If I miss that extra shot in basketball, oh, oh world's going to end, right? But the Sabbath is a tangible way to choose trust when everything inside of us wants to fight it. Do you ever want to fight God with trust? I do all the time. Certain areas of my life I am right now. I'm fighting God with trust. It's a hard issue, right? This might not apply to you guys. I know some of you guys might actually not be that busy. So you actually do consider a lot when when God's provided for you, right? And when he's been there for you. Others of you are kind of up here looking at me like, okay, Ben, dude, I've got three AP classes. I have sports five days a week. I've got three clubs I'm a part of, babysitting my sister. Saturdays and Sundays, 
I work because I have to save up for college. I have to save up for a car. I have to save up for Justin Bieber's CD that's coming out next month. I, I just can't do it. And I really don't know if he has a CD coming out next month. I hope not. We don't need more Justin Bieber in this world. Um, at least that's my opinion. So this, this might um, challenge you. I, I really just do want to challenge you guys. Try taking a Sabbath. And what does that look like to you? We're going to get into that here in a little bit. It's going to be pretty tough. Um, just imagine if you're able to trust God with that time. You just take 24 hours or a few hours or a day out of, out of a month even. And you just gave it to God. What would that look like for you? What do you need to set aside for that period of time, for that 24 hours, in order to, to tune into God? Completely tune everything else out of your life and bring God into your life and tune into him alone. So you, will you not pick up that basketball? Will you just let it be for today? Will you, will you turn off the social media, get off Twitter and Vine and Instagram and Ask Me and Facebook? I don't know, all, everything. Okay, there are so many. It is ridiculous how many there are nowadays. Will you just shut it off for a day? It's not going to kill you. I mean, yeah, like Twitter, the Twitter drama is always fun to catch up on, right? But you guys will find when you do stop, when you do take the time to remember that and trust, you will look back and you'll, you'll see where God provided for you. That's, that's an awesome thing. When you take time, when you guys do devotions, when you um, go to church or whatever, when you set aside time to worship God on your own, not just at Oasis, but on your own and you think back like, Man, God just brought me through this. This is awesome. And you know what that's going to do? It's going to encourage you to look forward. The Israelites, they had a pretty big advantage here. They just got brought out of slavery. So for them to look back, I mean, yeah, they're struggling in the desert, but for them to look back and see, you know, okay, we were in slavery for 400 years, over 400 years, and now God brought us out of it. Yeah, I think he can bring us out of this too, right? So it encourages you from the past, and the past encourages you to push forward with whatever you're dealing with with your worship. And that's one of the points of the Sabbath. So what are you dealing with right now? Can you just push it forward? Does God motivate you to, to move forward in that? Can you, look at, can you look ahead and say, God, you know what, I've got this test coming up. You helped me last week on this test. Can you help me on this one? I, I know you'll provide for me. <laughs> God, you gave me a great game last week against a, a major rival. We've got another one coming this week, and I'm really anxious about it i got to really step up. Can you please help me? I, I'm, I'm struggling. I know you'll provide for me. you got to trust him. Not just say like, oh man, can you please trust me? Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. But you believe it. God will provide for you. Okay? So every day is the Lord's. Every single day we are to what? We are to honor God with our life. Will you trust, will you trust God in one practical area of your life? I want you guys to think of that. What is the practical area of your life that you can trust God in? What made the fall retreat so awesome? It was the fact that you guys are out in the middle of nowhere with just you and God and a few buddies, a few friends, a few girls. And I'm saying girls as in like, girls don't really call their friends buddies. Hey, what's up, bro? How much? No. <laughs> I think every week I'm up here, I always do a girly voice. I'm sorry, guys. I'll work on that. Um, but it's just you and God. It's you away from family, away from school, away from drama. It's just you and God in the middle of nowhere, basically, of Iowa. And you're sitting there worshiping him. You get, you get deep within yourself. You work through issues in your life. Why can't you do that in Omaha? 
Why can't you seclude yourself for just a little bit, for one day or for a few hours out of the day? Would you be willing to practice the Sabbath in your life? Try for just one month even. For one month, try to set aside one day each week or a few hours each week. And (laughs) the Sabbath is not to get you out of responsibilities. Ben, can you come do the dishes? Oh, Mom, shoot. It's my Sabbath. I can't today. I mean, maybe next week. No, it's not for that. But one of the points of the Sabbath actually made, made the Israelites work harder. Because that means if, if their Sabbath was a Saturday, that means on the Friday they had to do like double the work. Collect double the food, um, do more chores for the animals, make sure they had enough food to get them through the, the Sunday, whatever it was. They had to do double the work. So what's it look like for you? You have to do double the homework? Normally you set aside Friday night to do all your homework. I mean, hopefully... You've got more to do on Friday night than do homework. Um, but maybe you set aside on a Friday night to get your homework done, so that way Saturday you've got, all, you've got all, all day off. You can set aside that time to go ahead and just worship God and spend time with God. It doesn't even have to be the same period of time. Maybe one week it's a Monday from, from 6 to 9. The next week it's a Saturday from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. I mean, whatever it is, a full like, work schedule. It's about prioritizing your schedule to get it done. So I, I want you guys to think of this. Um, as we move into small groups tonight, we're not quite done. Um, but I'm going to say this. I want you guys to think about this when you move to small groups. How can you practice an actual Sabbath in your life? I mean, the concept of it is weird because, okay, I mean, it's like, all right, we're under the new covenant, so this really doesn't, like, apply to us anymore, having the Sabbath. But the concept is to set aside time Besides just like personal devotions that are like 20 minutes long for most of you, I'm sure. Maybe less, maybe more. That's awesome. To set aside time to just physically remember what God has done for you. How he's provided for you. What you need to trust him in. Those three things. Three huge things. And it's a day of rest. Relax. Catch up. So that way the next week you'll be able to give God your all again, right? So what can you trust God with? What ways do you need to lean on him more in? Are you leaning on him completely? We could do the trust fall. I'm not going to have somebody come up here. When you guys do the trust fall, you know, it's, it's one of those things that somebody actually falls, right? God will catch you when you fall, but you know what he wants you to do? What he's going to do? When you're standing and you're facing back to him, he's going to run up and just stop you. He's just going to stop you from falling. That's what these commandments are for. He, he just wants you to stop. He's like, hey, stand up, man. I got you. You all right? What I'm saying is that God tells us it's important to take a day off from all this. This is, this is the wrap-up. In fact, it's so important, it's the fourth commandment. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that this would be the fourth commandment, to take a day off. You'd think it'd be like the tenth one. Be like, okay, I have to follow all those things. What's next? What's the last one? Take a day off. Oh, phew, right? It's the fourth one. So it's very important. It matters to God. It matters that we take time to rest, that we take the time to acknowledge his provision in our lives. How is he provided for you? Everyone has stories with how God has provided for them. Everyone does. So these commandments are for our benefit. I know Brad kind of talked about this the past couple weeks, especially week one. I mean, these, the sooner you guys realize these commandments aren't to, to hold you back from things, but they're to help you. Why do your parents say, don't drink? Ben, don't go out and drink tonight. It's not good. Why did I tell you that? Drinking and driving, that's not good news. Alcohol in general is not good news. Why do your parents tell you not to do drugs? 
because you start hallucinating and you envision a buffalo in Australia and all these different things. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the weirdest thing possible. But drugs aren't good either. So why do they keep you from them? Why do your parents tell you to abstain from, from pornography or from sex before marriage? It's because they hate you. It's because they don't want you to have worldly fun. It's because they're looking out for you, right? So why do you think God gave us the Ten Commandments? Because he loves us. He wants to provide for us. He wants us to stay true to him, to obey him. Because when we obey him, what do we get? We get eternity. We get blessings. Psalms chapter 1. You can write that down. Psalms 1, 1 to 6. Look that up later. I'm actually, we have to memorize those for a devotional group. It's pretty tough, but they're awesome verses to memorize. Um, when you guys obey the Ten Commandments, they're going to help your life greatly. I'm going to ask Eli to come up here uh, for a little bit. While he's, while he's coming up, I'm going to be real with you guys um, in a way that God's provided for me. This is kind of like my, my illustration. Uh, I had a relationship that just ended, and I've, I've been struggling with, with trusting God. It's been really tough for me. It's been struggling going to God, but, but through these times, I'm going to God and just asking him, like, okay, God, I need to look back. If I look back and see how God's provided for me, it is encouraging. Oh, my goodness. It is awesome to see that. I've been in tears from, from how far God has brought me. And I'm telling you guys right now, like, being up here in front of you guys doing this is extremely hard for me right now. And it's to see how God has brought me, brought me up here and brought me through all this and is going to bring me through this. It's one of the most encouraging things that, that I've ever been through. And it motivates me to keep going. It motivates me to, to keep going to know that God's got something else out there. He's got a bigger plan for me right now. So what's it look like for you? You have a fight with your family, fight with a friend. You're struggling with sports right now. You're struggling with, with your relationship. What does this look like for you? How can you trust God? Why is it important for you to take time out of your day, out of your week? Take a Sabbath to remember what God's done for you. So I'm going to do um, last slide here. There's two things I want you guys to do. We're going to take a couple minutes. I'm going to have you guys pray. What I'm going to, I want you to pray about is when you can have a Sabbath, like a day out of the week, a couple hours out of the week where you can, you can sit down and you can tune everything out and just give it to God. It's awesome. Guys, it is hard. Some of you are too busy, but it's worth it. Trust me, I'm pretty busy too, but it's worth it. Every day, it is encouraging. It keeps you motivated. That's what God does. He motivates you to go through things. That's what the Sabbath is for. It's a day of remembrance. It's a day of trust. It's a day of of looking back and remembering how God has provided for you and how he will. That motivates you. Second thing I want you to do. Do we have that slide? Second thing I want you guys to do is to uh, think of what you need to to give up for that day. Whether Whether it is social media, whether it's a sport, whether it's all the above. What do you have to give up in order to, to have a day just to tune into God? All right, so I want you guys to pray. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. I'll let you guys pray to yourselves. I just want you guys to focus in on that, and I'll pray, and then we're going to worship again. You guys can keep praying. Keep your eyes closed, your, your heads bowed, please. What I want you guys to do, so you can hear my voice over your prayer. 
one of the things we talked about at Foa Treat was that Oasis would be a judgment-free place. Maybe a place where you can come, you can open up, you can talk about your issues without being judged. But the opposite of that, that you would, that you would feel encouraged. You would love each other, you'd show grace to each other, you'd help each other out. Tonight I want you guys to be raw, just be raw with, with what's going on. Why is it hard for you to take a Sabbath? Why would it be hard for you to take time out of your day, to take time out of your week? Just open up. Be real tonight. What's that look like for you? All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this group of kids, uh, this group of students here. Um, may you be glorified with us. God, I just thank you so much for every, every one of them. Each one of them has a story. Each one of them has a story of how they came to you, how they know you, their love for you. Maybe some of them aren't quite there yet. God, I pray that we would just open up to you tonight. You would just take a Sabbath, Lord, just to remember what you have done for us. It's like the footprints in the sand, God. You carry us. You have carried us all through multiple times in our lives. God, I pray that we remember that. We can trust that, trust you, put everything on you, Lord. What can man do to us? You will not leave us or forsake us, God. You are here. You are awesome. You are on our side. Thank you so much for this night. I pray that we would just be willing to take time out of our days to acknowledge you, to remember you, to trust you, and to worship you, God.